I'm Jenna. Hello, I'm Gloria. We We are are Worthy Worthy Wellness. Because we are worth it. Our purpose is to introduce women entrepreneurs, products, and services while proceeds help women in need for holistic care and therapy services. Welcome, Welcome, ladies. Our first guest, Erica Valdez. She's an amazing mother entrepreneur of two children and an incredible businesswoman. She's a realtor, home staging consultant, and a wedding planner. And Gloria is going to have the pleasure to interview her. We just wanted to mention that for this first episode with Erica Valdez, she has such a long, beautiful story to share that it's going to be broken up into two parts, and it's really going to be catered to the individual and the episodes, and sometimes it's going to be broken up into two parts, but maybe not all the time. Happy listening. Hi, so I have Erica here today with us, and Erica, tell us a little bit about yourself. Hello, everyone. Um, well, let's start with some fun facts. Um, I am a single parent of two. My oldest is turning 25 and my youngest is 19, full-time college student. Um, we have an awesome relationship. We bowl together on a bowling league every Thursday. Um, we're proud residents of Long Beach and I am 100% a coffee lover. That's great. Now, I understand that you have several businesses that you run. Which one of those hats do you like to wear the most? Which one's your favorite to do? I'm not sure that I can pick a favorite, Gloria. Um, I love all three of my businesses. Equally, they allow me to help people in different ways um, while providing me uh, with the opportunity to uh, be creative and express that about myself. And I understand you're a wedding planner. I am. Yes, I have been for almost nine years. Uh, Chic Event Designs will be turning nine in December. Oh, I love that. I love that. And let's talk about that for just a second, because, you know, wedding season and people are going to be getting engaged this Christmas. So what is your busiest month? Honestly, it fluctuates from year to year. Sometimes we're super busy in the spring, other times summer. And then, you know, for example, this year I've had a ton of fall events. So it just varies really. Oh, wow. And your karmic home staging. I see that you have, your audience can't see it, but it's beautiful. She's very talented. Tell us a little bit about that. Thank you, Gloria. Um, Karmic staging is a home staging business and it's super fun. I get to be creative. Um, who, you know, who can say that they get to go pick out furniture and home decor um, as part of their job, right? Um, and it is something that developed with my business partner over a um, self-care Sunday at the nail salon. So definitely a fun story behind that. I love that. And I love self, self-care, whether it's Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, it doesn't <laughs> exactly. matter, right? That sounds great. So tell us a little bit about what about your journey and what made you decide to make changes to your life. Tell us a little bit about that. Okay. Um, well, I grew up in a broken home. My father abused drugs. Um, he actually overdosed when I was approximately six years of age, and that landed him in a convalescent home for several years. My mother, um, you know, was 
very tough. She uh, was, you know, physically abusive. I have other siblings, but primarily um, it was towards me. Not sure what it stemmed from, but it was it was not fun. I think one of the memories of, you know, her behavior towards me um, that really stays with me is her attempt to want to burn my mouth because she believed that I lied to her. Um, mm. And that just kind of carried on over the years. Um, and I, you know, ended up as a result of that leaving home, you know, at a really young age and really looking for that escape factor um, only to realize that what can you do at 13 on your own? Right. right so exactly. Um, that obviously drew me back home, um, but nothing truthfully changed. Um, going back a little bit, you know, when my father passed away, my mother left the, her previous relationship at that time. Um, and then that landed me with tons of responsibility to care for my younger siblings, but it also only made her more abusive um, and very codependent on me being that motherly figure to my siblings. Um, and yeah, I spent a lot of time, you know, running away and coming back because I just really, I think I wanted to be a child and I couldn't. I was um, sexually assaulted by her husband. It's okay, honey. It's all right. When I was 15. Um, and I think that's probably what like kind of um, made me realize that I just didn't belong there. Um, when I went to my mother, who I hoped would be there to protect me um, and, you know, believe me and help me, um, I was actually received with um, physical abuse, verbal abuse, and I was thrown out of my home with nowhere to go. Um, and um, at the time, I had already met my ex-husband. And after about a month of kind of bouncing from home to home with friends, um, his parents took me in. And I will forever be grateful for them. To me, they're, they're parents. They're the parents that I never really had. Um, I was welcomed into their home. And I was shown love and respect. Um, and, you know, even till this day, I'm, I'm a daughter to them. To them. That's beautiful. Yeah, because they're your family. And they, they are. love you as their daughter. And that's really a gift right there. It really is. Yeah. You know, I think I was forced to grow up at a really young age and I never really knew how to be a child. Obviously, as a result of that, I, you know, became a mom at a young age. I got married at a young age. And I think that when you're so young, you um, go through life and these experiences, and I think you just kind of push them down and you are ashamed, um, you are scared to, um, to share how you feel or how these things, you know, are affecting you. And I think I did exactly that. I, I was so ashamed and I, I felt really dirty, um, misunderstood, just really broken. And um, my ex-husband to me was 
that protector. He was the person who protected me and who kind of saved me at the time. Yet when I think about it today, I feel like I never truthfully shared how my childhood traumas made me feel with him out of shame Mm -hmm. um, or fear of being rejected. Um, And, you know, he was all I knew. He was all I knew for a very long time. Mm -hmm. Um, And I thought, you know, I have this beautiful, happy life. You know, I have a daughter. Mm -hmm. I'm married and planning for the second child at a really young age. And then my world came crumbling down. Um, My ex-husband cheated on me with someone that I thought was my friend, that I, you know, went out of my way to help um, because she was a young single mom. And for me at the time, you know, even though I too was a young mom, I felt like at the end of the day, him and I had each other, no matter what we had each other's back. And, you know, we had it great because we had each other. And in a blink of an eye, um, my whole world changed. I, you know, was going through a separation. I felt betrayed. I, I felt like I was drowning. You know, here's this person that I looked for comfort in. This was the person that when I was at my worst, he took me in and said, I, I I'm here for you. I right. love you. I got you. And he was the last person I ever thought would stab me in the back that betray way you. and betray me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And things just got really bad after that. Yeah. I didn't really know what to do. You know, um, I never wanted to raise my children in a broken home. I wanted all the things that I didn't have from my parents. I wanted to make sure that they had them. And that was over at that point. I, I couldn't change it. I felt like a failure. Um, I couldn't give that to them. Right, right. And at that point, you just realize, what do I do now? I'm alone and I have two children, but you are resilient. Yeah, resilient. And you're successful. Right. Um, But it's hard to get up every morning when you're trying to figure out, what am I going to do? Oh, absolutely. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think that during that time and that transition of like, you know, all of a sudden, you know, you're sending your kids off every other weekend, you know, and what do you do with that time when you're used to being a parent 24 seven? Um, that was really challenging. Mm -hmm. I started leaning on alcohol. Um, I was drinking and that was my way of coping because I just didn't really want to feel. And eventually it was, Oh, I get to go out and just do whatever I want with my time. And then I leaned on not just Mm -hmm. drinking, but partying, Mm -hmm. um, never addressing my, my emotional state, never addressing how I was feeling about, you know, the situation, because I feel like I've always been great at compressing those feelings, Mm -hmm. tucking them away and carrying on and having this like smile on your face when in reality, you know, I was, I was dying inside Mm -hmm. and no one Mm -hmm. knew that. Mm -hmm. Um, And perhaps because I felt like I didn't have anyone. I mean, 
I didn't have my parents, you mm-hmm. know, I, I didn't really, I was in close with my siblings. Mm-hmm. I didn't feel like I had anyone to talk to. And right. so I dealt with the situation the best way that I could, which was, you know, to keep it to myself. Right. And, um, well, that didn't work out so well because <laughs> that only led me to poor decision-making. Right. And, you know, um, sometimes, you know, we feel that who do we go to because we're sitting in a space of shame, Yes, you know, and you work so hard to smile and put on that happy face and smile. Everything's great, but inside you're just dying inside, but you can't let anyone know that. So, you know, I understand that. I think a lot of women out there are going to understand that a lot. Yeah. It's, you know, it's really hard. And, um, and then, you know, you want to keep a straight face, you have your children. So it, it was just, you know, a really, challenging time. And not once, not once did I feel like I did something wrong, or like I had, you know, anything that was negative to contribute to that marriage that caused the dissolution of that marriage. Mm -hmm. I always felt like it was his fault, a hundred percent. You know, it, I ignored my childhood traumas, because I felt like those are not relevant. They have nothing to do with it. Um, that's in the past. And, you know, I'm focused on my life today. And that was a huge mistake because it was my childhood traumas that contributed to my behavior during marriage, after marriage, how I, you know, reacted to the pain and the heartbreak. You know, they all stemmed from that. And, you know, it's like, you're human, right? And and no one's guiding you, no one's telling you like, oh, you should do this. At the time, you know, talking to a therapist was not a common thing. It's like, oh, if you're talking to a therapist, it's because you're crazy. Mm -hmm. And who wants to be seen as that, right? Mm -hmm. No one does. And so, you know, I stayed quiet and, you know, about how I felt for a very long time. And then I realized that not just was I being knocked down you know, in life as a child, but then, you know, when my marriage dissolved, and then being on a single person's income became such a challenge, you know, here, I have two children Mm -hmm. that I have to feed and support, and that rely on me 100%. Yes, I was fortunate that, you know, their father provided child support. But that was it. Mm -hmm. There was no extras. Mm -hmm. And there was also no additional consideration, right? And so I had to figure out how I was going to go from making, you know, pity hourly rate money to making enough to be able to support my children. And so financial struggles were always there. You have to remember that I grew up with a mom who would tell me not to go to school, that I needed to work hard. She would say, you don't need to go to school today. You're going to come to work with me. And who, you know, constantly, you know, promoted that I was ignorant or wasn't smart enough. And so you kind of grow up thinking that. And, you know, then I'm here married to kids and I'm making minimum wage. And it's like, well, maybe there's some truth to that. Because how am I supposed to support two lives on minimum wage, right? But I feel like a part of me always knew that I could do better, that I wanted better. And my kids are my rock. Mm-hmm. Um, my kids are, I know every parent says this, but my kids are my world. Um, they 
are my support system. They are my why. Mm -hmm. And I think we all have a why. They are my why. Mm -hmm. I don't, I live and breathe and do everything that I do for those children. Mm -hmm. Um, And when I have, when I'm having a meltdown because I still have them, Mm -hmm. they're the ones that are there to pick up those pieces for me. Um, And they gave you your why. They gave me my why. why. And I love that. And, you know, as a mother of five, you know, um, your heart beats for your children. Absolutely. And, you know, you're going to do the very best because they want you want them to look at you and go, that's my mom. Um, there were times when I couldn't buy groceries and um, they never went without. One way or another, we figured it out. They've never once known that, you know, there was a possibility we couldn't pay rent the next month. Um, with all of those things happening and me not having anyone to talk to, it started to really affect me deeply. And I started to realize that I was lashing out and almost behaving like my mother mm-hmm. at one point. And I I didn't want that. Mm-hmm. I I didn't want to take out my hurt my frustration, my disappointment out in my kids. But I started to feel like I was at some point and I knew something was not right. And, and, you know, I, I tried to be better, but it was very challenging. Mm -hmm. You know, it was very challenging in 2009. I lost my job and I became unemployed and that's when financially things got really tough. I couldn't find a job. I always had the confidence of like, no matter what, I can always find a job. Mm -hmm. And I simply couldn't. Money was gone. There was nothing coming in. Um, And I had, you know, a moment where I was like, I felt humiliated. I, I had to walk into the county office and almost beg for for them to help me with grocery money mm-hmm. um, to feed my kids because I I had no more money and they denied me. Oh, um, oh they denied me and said I did not qualify. Um, and um, I remember at the time, you know, I I was still trying to make amends with my mother. Uh, which I had been doing for many, many years. Um, And I remember, you know, mentioning to her that I didn't have any money uh, to feed my kids because I couldn't find a job. And she said to me that I was an idiot, um, that I was struggling because I allowed a woman into my life that just took my husband away from me. And then she chucked a hundred dollars at me and said, go buy groceries for your kids. Uh-huh. Wow. The support system that we think we're supposed to have, and it's not there at your lowest moment in time. And, you know, Erica, there's a lot of women going to listen to this and they're going to say, I understand. I understand. And, you know, there's nothing worse than going with your heart in your hand, your, in your hands, you know, like I need help. And the one person you're going to depend on, a parent, your mother, and then they treat you like that. You know, let's just add more fuel to the fire, right? Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, that was that, that was that was tough, mm-hmm. you know. Um, but it allows you to kind of see a person for who they are, mm-hmm. you know. And when I think about it today, 
I think to myself, why, you know, why did you go to her to begin with? Right. Um, she's never been there. Right. She has a record of never really being there. Um, you know, I'm the outcast. I'm the bad person. Why would I in my right mind think that in that moment it would be different? Right. And although I've always had the support of my ex-in-laws, mm-hmm. I was ashamed. I, I didn't want to go to them mm-hmm. and say, I can't feed your grandchildren. I don't have a job, mm-hmm. you know? And I think it was a it was pride. Mm-hmm. And um it it put me in a bad in a bad spot. And you know, although county services denied me, there was a couple positives out of that. And I remember it was Christmas Eve. I get a call. It's from a social worker. And she starts asking me questions and she tells me, can you come into the office today before such time? And I said, sure. I went in there and she asked me more questions. And I thought to myself, I'm going to walk out of here empty handed again. And, you know, but what do I have to lose? She bless her heart. I think of her actually um, every Christmas. She asked me for my landlord's contact information. She tried to change the topic and asked me about my kids, what their interests were. And she gave me um, an EBT card with grocery money, um, my rent for two months, and my utilities to be paid. Um, And my kids never knew. They they had no idea. No idea. Um, And then, you know, I met... um, an orthodontist mm-hmm. um, that hired me mm-hmm. and things started to shift a little bit after that. He, you know, saw something in me. And although I wasn't working full time and still barely getting by, mm-hmm. he gave me a job. Um, that man has never stirred me wrong, actually. Um, you know, I became, you know, a full time employee um, in less than a year that job paid, you know, mm-hmm. for, you know, my, my, my kids to be taken care of. You don't find people that are going to take a chance on you every day, you know, and, uh, he, he did. And I, and I'm so grateful for that. Um, the idea for chic event designs started to kind of brew at that time. And so I would pick up little side gigs and that money went straight, you know, for whatever the kids activities were. Mm-hmm. Um, but it wasn't something that I was doing all the time. Mm-hmm. Emotionally, though, during all of that time, I wasn't well. Mm-hmm. I never was well um, at all, mm-hmm. actually. Um, there is a lot of stuff going on. And my behavior when I didn't have my children reflected that 100%. Um, when I had my kids, I was, you know, 100% mom. You know, they were my number one focus. But when they weren't with me and they were with dad... Mm-hmm. I made terrible and poor decisions, you know, because I didn't know how else to cope with what I thought at the time was just the heartache from my divorce and the betrayal. Um, Again, never wanting to connect the fact that I had all these childhood traumas, you know, to what was happening. But all that that betrayal and divorce just added to all of those traumas and it kept making the pain bigger and bigger. And as a result, I mean, I made poor decisions Mm -hmm. in dating. 
I settled for less than I deserved. I um, tolerated things I should have never tolerated, but it was better than being alone. alone. Um, Mm -hmm. And so, you know, sometimes when you're, when you're acting from such a broken down, you know, place, Mm -hmm. you, you feel like some company is better than no company. Um, I could tell you today that my mindset is completely different. And I think it was what did it was in 2014, I started to break down. My work was affected. My boss, you know, would tell me what's going on with you. I was showing up to work late. There were times where, you know, if it was a summer and my kids weren't with me, I would show up to work reeking of alcohol. Definitely not my proudest moment, but that's that's what I was doing, you know, and I was letting things slip through the cracks and I was, you know, neglecting myself, although I thought I was doing life the way I should have been doing life. I remember having a migraine for almost two weeks, um, a very bad migraine. Nothing would make it better. I couldn't go to work, which you know, was not a great thing because financially, if I didn't go to work, I didn't get paid. I couldn't take care of my family, but I wouldn't leave my room. I was in bed. I was pale. I lost a ton of weight. I was having anxiety. I didn't know what that was at the time. And um, I was just in a really bad place. My kids started to notice. Um, So it didn't matter that I worked so hard all those years to keep things from them because here I am, like, I felt like I was washing away and they could see that there was a night where I woke up because I thought I was having a heart attack and I drove myself to the emergency room. I told the admitting um, personnel that I was having a heart attack and I'm sure they thought I was going crazy um, because I was really young, you know, and they admitted me, they didn't treat me any different, but they sedated me. Long story. Um, I was sedated and I was told that I was having a panic attack and not a heart attack. Go figure. And I was so emotional. I I couldn't stop crying. I was crying uncontrollably. I didn't understand why I was crying, but I couldn't stop crying. And I remember falling asleep. Um I fell asleep and I woke up to a doctor asking me if I wanted to harm myself or my children. The answer was no. Um, I, I didn't have those thoughts, um, but I felt very sad um, and disappointed and I felt broken down. Like I felt beaten to the floor and, um, hopeless, I think, um, is really the word. And they introduced me to a therapist. And, you know, my mindset was, I don't need to talk to you. You don't know anything about me. How can you possibly understand what I'm going through? You don't know me. And I refused. And she sat there. She didn't leave. Um, You know, she said, okay, we'll talk when you're ready. And in my mind, I thought, you're wasting your time, lady. I'm not talking to you. (laughs) But I couldn't stop crying. So emotionally, I wasn't okay. And she was very patient. And 
you know, she said, I know I don't know you, but you're crying about something. Would you like to share why you're crying? And um, I just told her I was exhausted. And um, she said, why? You know, why are you tired? Why are you exhausted? And I told her that I was exhausted of always trying to do right and constantly being knocked down to the floor with every effort. And um, she said to me, okay, um, you know, why else do you feel this way? And I thought, she's fishing. You, I answered your question. <laughs> Leave me alone. Um, but a part of me wanted to talk to her, actually. And she didn't make it feel like a therapy session. And next thing you know, we talked for over an hour. And, you know, she said, please don't take offense to this. But I think that you're depressed. And I think that what you're experiencing is anxiety. And you don't have to deal with it completely on your own, there is medication that can help you so that you can feel better and you can continue to be the mom that you want to be. And after I processed that, I realized that I could either continue to feel the way that I felt and continue to allow my behavior, my choices to you know, affect my work, affect my relationship with my kids, um, my choices um, in life, or I could accept the help and take the medication because I couldn't function. I hadn't worked for two weeks. I couldn't get out of bed. So it was evident that I needed that help. And so I accepted. We hope you enjoyed learning about Erica and you can stay connected. Here's how you can get in touch with Erica Valdez. You can call 562-221-7800 or email info at cheekeventdesigns.com. I-N-F-O at C-H-I-C-E-V-E-N-T-D-E-S-I-G-N-S.com. To all the beautiful brides-to-be, Erica's gratitude offering is $500 off wedding planning. If you're also a woman entrepreneur to support our cause and would like to be considered on this podcast, please reach out to us. We would love to connect. We see you. We want to connect, empower, and inspire others. So please call or text or even fax 949-793-8781 or our Instagram is Worthy Wellness Inc. Like I-N-C. Hope to hear from you and thank you for listening.